lemon, mint, and honey. Those are the three ingredients my mom adds to hot tea when I'm not feeling well. She claims that it will cure anything and everything. My dad, on the other hand, always directed me towards the medicine cabinet when I wasn't feeling well. Inside the cabinet, I sorted through a dozen of his own yellow prescription bottles in order to find some over-the-counter Tylenol. When I came to OSU, my drug-taking behavior shifted towards my dad's. Whenever I felt like I was about to get sick, I would take some medicine instead of getting rest. Because who has time to get sick in college? I noticed my peers engaging in this similar quick-fix mentality, so I didn't think to question my own intentions. But this drug-taking behavior has severe consequences, one being the opioid epidemic in our own country. This week on What's On Your Mind, diving into our drug-taking culture, addiction, and the future... Next, I interviewed a student at OSU to get their perspective on America's drug-taking culture. Deborah Eshon is a third year in journalism and poli-sci with a specialization in inequality and justice. America doesn't have a healthcare system, it has a sick care system. Um, We don't seek out preventative uh, measures. Oftentimes we just go to the doctor um, when something's wrong and so when you go to the doctor for something's wrong when something's wrong you want that quick fix a 2010 study published in the journal health affairs said that if 90 percent of the u.s population used preventative services it would save only 0.2 percent of healthcare spending 0.2% of healthcare spending may not sound like a lot, but this will equal about $3.7 billion. So, what is your initial reaction when you hear those numbers? Well, I think one, money is never my motivator for doing um, anything. I think it's interesting when we have these conversations, it's always from an economic approach and never like, this is going to save people's lives. And also the article that said that it was like, it's only gonna save 0.2%, like only as if billions of dollars aren't being saved. Um, And that can be going to our education system, that could be going to uh, making sure that people have food security, that could be going to our infrastructure to make sure that people are safe um, in the buildings that they're in. And I think it's very short-sighted to, to think that that's not gonna have a huge impact on like how people live their lives and their, the quality of their lives. It is hard to understand why our healthcare system doesn't want to save lives and money. Our current drug-taking culture favors medication instead of holistic methods. But what are the consequences of this behavior? According to the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, 19.7 million Americans battled a substance use disorder in 2017. 74% 
of those adults were struggling with alcohol and 38% were struggling with illicit drugs. I am frustrated. I am frustrated by the fact that we support drugs, but we don't support the individuals who face the consequences of our drug taking behavior. So I interviewed Chris Hart to gather more information about the stigma of addiction. Chris was a pharmacist who became addicted to opioids and has now been sober for 15 years and is a lecturer with the School of Pharmacy at Ohio State. So Chris, what are your thoughts on the stigma of addiction in the U.S.? Unfortunately, there's a lot of stigma associated with this because a lot of people see recovering people as very bad people who just should get good. And the truth of the matter is we know that chemical dependency is a disease. So it is not that there are bad people who need to get good. There's sick people who need to get well. My biggest takeaway from Chris's course was that addiction is a disease. It is no different from cancer or diabetes. The areas that have been the most affected by addiction are those with a low socioeconomic status. The loss of jobs and an increase in the number of pill mills in, the, in those areas was a recipe for disaster. People were using illicit drugs as a way to escape their unfortunate reality of unemployment. Satya Dev works at the Wexner Medical Center and is currently doing research on the effects of meditation for long-term recovery for opioid addicts. And one of the alternatives that we are working on right now is to bring this a breathing-based uh, therapy called the sky meditation sky breathing that helps people not to depend on opioids but actually have a healthier coping mechanism so that they find the sense of relief and they find a sense of community together actually help them to face what is going on and to find a better alternative than opioids and thank you for joining me on what's on your mind see you next week